0: like some locals and so I, I I met them and I still stay in touch with them so it's pretty cool man it's an awesome place so yeah I, I love that
1: area it's very it's yeah. really um, it's away from you know Waikiki has all the it's like really congested and very city-like but then when you get to a little further out then it's more like oh. what you expect Hawaii to be you know
0: yeah dude it's so nice there so when was the last time you visited um I was just there um
1: October, so.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I and love then, going um, And then you moved out to LA? Yeah. Uh, oh, here's Zach jumping on. Oh, out. sweet.
1: Hey, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, how's it going, man?
1: Good, how are you guys? How
0: you doing?
1: Good to see ya. I'm Kevin. Awesome, Kevin. Well, how's awesome. it going?
0: Pretty good, huge fan of your stuff, man. Super pumped uh, that you were able to take the time today, so. Just uh, talking about that, too, so. <laughs> uh i'm full stacks in the house so we're i'm hyped i'm ready to go so
1: love it love it so, so kevin he interviews like a lot of like um different celebrities or sports people um cool for, for your podcast right so you're yeah yeah it, I, um we're with a bunch of different people too oh that's yeah. awesome cool well, I'll, I'll let you sure. guys get to
0: it I'll, I'll um i'll turn off my video and my mic too okay No, yeah. all right sweet um how's the day going Dude, it's going well so
1: far. We're uh, doing an Insta Live series right now. So we're every day, uh, Monday through Friday, interviewing some cool people just on uh, just on Instagram Live. Um, which I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people actually doing that now, which is cool. Yeah. It's just so much, uh, I kind of love seeing the creative types uh, mm-hmm. when they're stuck at home. Like you see all this energy shooting all these different yeah. new directions, which is kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I saw your video with the professor like a couple days back. I thought that was really cool. Oh, actually, he was
1: rad. He was so cool too. Um, <laughs> I had never met him before, but uh, obviously i heard of him and seen his videos and his trick shots too. I mean, some of his moves are mm-hmm. incredible.
0: But. Yeah, I, we, uh, I actually was fortunate to be able to interview him too. So like he was one of my first interviews. So that's awesome. Pretty cool. That I have both of you guys. So I'll yeah, he like, posts a video and, and everything of you guys. So appreciate it again, man. Awesome great uh so yeah so this is the wild chat sports uh podcast i'm with zach king himself the legend uh so zach just a few questions for you man i'm just pulling up the questions uh what yeah. you ultimately fall in love with filmmaking
1: you know i fell in love with filmmaking when i was really young and i think it was the idea that you could convey these different emotions mm. and uh, get them and i thought it was incredible that it was like in these series of pictures. Once I learned that there was like 24 frames in a second, uh, and then you just string all those frames together in those seconds, and you make these stories. Um, but I, I didn't notice my family, you know, when they were a movie, they would either be uh, crying or displaying some emotion or laughing, and I thought that was amazing that you could almost curate that. Like, I found it fascinating that as a storyteller, you could put these series of images together with music and um, sound and design this experience and so I, I kind of think if I wasn't doing filmmaking, a similar thing is like Imagineering, where you can design this experience for the audience and you're trying to lead them through a certain journey. So that's, what, that's when I, how I fell in love with it and what I, what I love about it.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, you, know, you're still, you know, so you, you graduated from Biola University. Um, so your first year you applied to film school, right? And right. Uh, you didn't, you didn't um, get in the first year. Um, so how, how were you able to like, handle that and then like able to keep going and and look at where you are today i mean it's crazy it's like awesome man yeah i think it's a it was a
1: in the time in the moment i thought it was a really sucky time because i had applied to film school that was my plan for the last i don't know up to that point like eight years to go to a film school Mm. Uh, like i knew from a young age i wanted to do that that i was going to either go you know down to california somewhere in the hollywood region and get a film degree. And it was a blessing in disguise because at the time, I I think I needed a little humbling in my spirit and my, my it was good for me actually as I look back that I got time to, and ultimately where it led was I created a YouTube channel, right? Like out of that, I actually um, went online because I loved filmmaking so much. I was like, I don't want to, I was missing out on these weekend projects that the students were being assigned. So that's where I found myself on youtube and it was just two or three years old at the time there was no adsense program you couldn't make money from it and i just started posting what i was teaching myself which was editing in um, all kinds of software and learning these you know like the lightsaber effect or how to do a split screen like really simple things but that you know posting them online led to me growing a small audience and and that you know over the years has grown as different platforms have come around but um yeah it just I think whenever you face a wall in your, in your career, your trajectory of what you want to do, either find a different way, or, you know, there's tons of creative solutions to it. And it's just, I think you often find an alternate route, which may be, uh, it's unexpected, but doesn't mean it's any less, uh, joyful or, or
0: satisfactory. Right. I mean, it's incredible, man. I mean, you, so you started a uh, Jedi kittens, uh, was that in your yeah.
1: door? Or? <laughs> that was in my door. That was in the film school. Um, Jedi Kittens was created. It's this short film with it's really simple. The first one is literally a cat, um, a two cats with a lightsaber, and that was uh, in my buddy's apartment. And we came up with that video idea in a few hours. I mean, we were sitting on those couches like, "Hey, you know be funny is mm-hmm. I'm doing this tutorial for lightsabers. Let's uh, how about you, your two kittens? We get them in it, and we do it as a demo video. And we just happened to post that demo video by itself, and it garnered the 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 news is attention and different. We woke up to a bunch of stations have, having played the clip and we were like, oh my gosh, what? Like, people care about little short clips on YouTube. Um, so maybe we can make short films. And so they grew from there.
0: Yeah, no, I saw uh, your talk, on uh, the TED talk, and um, I saw like your uh, show on Ellen too. And like you were talking about that. So, um, you know, as a college student right now, it's like, what? Like, that's crazy. Like, it blew up, like, starting in your dorm room. So, um, yeah, maybe. you know you're
1: seeing a similar uh theme too with like tiktok now all these really young they're like 13 or 16 like year olds creating these videos that are going viral all of a sudden it's the same a little bit of that same virality that we had back in youtube days when it when it's reaching such big numbers you're like what how is that
0: possible yeah yeah like maybe you can talk about that too like how were you because you started out on vine right like how did you make that transition from vine to like tiktok like were you were you um like bummed out when like vine was losing popularity or
1: the one platform that I've always been on uh, steadily is YouTube mm-hmm. um, I've changed the usernames or created new accounts and um, brought the, the audiences to those but over the years it's been YouTube as the steady rock and and that's you know when so when vine died we were already most of us already on YouTube pretty Pretty heavily as our main form and also just having other connection points like instagram was a big one for me um another point where i could just talk with the audience and i think it's it's scary as a creator today if you leverage or over leverage yourself on just one platform that's a scary boat to be in because you never know uh TikTok could be like a vine where it someday just goes off off the yeah. grid and if that's where everything is or your audience is you're, you're gonna lose touch with them yeah uh, so it's kind of trying to diversify that, but yeah, I, I missed Vine when it went away. It was sad, but at the same time, I think we all kind of saw it coming or a little bit. Um, and so we were already off that, that train. Yeah. It's crazy,
0: man. I remember in middle school too, I was on Vine. I mean, we still talk about it. Like me and my buddies were like, Oh, I wish they brought back Vine. But I mean, TikTok, like you said, it's blowing up and it's, uh, it's crazy. Like the organic reach on that. Um, right. So I was just curious in terms of, uh, So you were also on Amazing Race uh, as well. Do you feel like that uh, made an impact on like your exposure on social media and and growing that personal brand?
1: Yeah, it gave me, so in terms of exposure, Amazing Race is interesting because it was a broadcast show. So it does, I think uh, maybe it adds legitimacy, but it was funny. It didn't didn't add any more followers or anything, but it, it added to the depth. So my audience that did watch it they got to spend more time with me or they were rooting for me. And I think it's really powerful when your audience can be physically and emotionally rooting for you. Uh, And and it's something like the amazing race. It's, it's so easy to uh, be like, Oh yeah, I follow him on, you know, Vine or whatever. And now you're getting to see him and his wife and um, a little more of their interactions. So um, yeah, following that journey is definitely impactful. And, um, and of course the race was super fun too. So uh, I don't know if you're, into yeah. uh, like being active or or yeah, yeah. going exploring but like if you are you should apply to the amazing race that way yeah i mean maybe I, I might
0: have to after this crazy time i mean i've been stuck in here like crazy. we're all
1: gonna want to yeah and unfortunately the current season they were shooting they were like three episodes in they had to cancel and go on hiatus to bring everyone back home because it just uh, the outbreak happened
0: oh boy. it's odd oh, yeah no I, I i we were my whole family's like a huge fan of that show we would watch it I think I got the Wii game, like, I play Wii on that, like, dude, <laughs> classic, it's, like, the most obscure game, too, like, but, hey, you know, it will do, it gets the job done, yeah. um, so, in terms of, like, how how, were, how long did it take for you to be, actually be able to, like, monetize on social media, like, how were you, um, you know, because you t- really, you're big on, like, personal brand, and, like, from some of, like, um, like, things I've heard, like, uh, you, you have the patience to like keep, you know, growing that personal brand and then, you know, focus, focusing on like monetizing later, like ha, ha, maybe take us through that process. Of, like.
1: Yeah. Um, monetization on, on the internet is a, a tricky thing, especially as there's more, um, I, I don't want to say competition, but just more people. And if my, my category is kind of uh, in the content creator realm, there's, there's millions of content creators around the world now um back even when there was mine you could probably count in the tens of thousands um so it's become a profession that i think they pulled their uh u.s kids last year and then 35 percent of them said they want to be youtubers a full-time job and um it's a tricky thing to monetize because you want to always have an authenticity to your audience one where and a trust where anything i promote i really want to believe in it whether it's a food and it's not always be easy in the beginning um, because you get your first brand deal and you're excited just to take it because finally someone believes in you to give you a little budget to create a commercial or an ad spot and um, so over the years it's taken years to refine like what brands do I really love and care about obviously right behind me you see a bunch of Legos like yeah. I did a project with Lego a few years ago and uh, it was like really it was incredible because it's a great brand fit so I always tell content creators, when you're looking to, like, I I really discourage people from joining the space just because they see, oh, I've heard as an influencer, you can make this much money, or as a content creator, I could full-time just work four hours a week, make a video. Like, that's not uh, the case. Um, I know every content creator, I know, works their butt like works 80 hours a week um, and for years without making anything. So I say never get into it for, um, like, Any career really, but for the paycheck, it's you gotta love it. And then in terms of monetization, find the brands. Write it out early on, like you know yourself really well. Like, what brands do you love? If you're sports related, and and, you know, you write down like, oh yeah, like I love, really love Wilson, the brand, like make the best basketballs or X. And um, and like you write down your dream brands, and that's that's still our guiding light to this day. Like one of them was, did a project with Turkish Airlines, and it wasn't. Uh, it was a dream project. It was like, how can we make the coolest uh, sh- safety video, you know, and, and the shortest, like they're always like eight minutes long. And, and when you're on an international flight, then they play it again in a different language and you're yeah. like, oh, it's just too long, too yeah. much, too boring. And so we were, we went out to make the shortest and the coolest. And we were able to partner with a really cool brand, Turkish Airlines, who allowed us to do that. Mm. Pretty much let us, you know, run free right. um, on one of their planes for a couple of days while in, on the ground while we, we shot it. And I think it's like things like that, that if you're passionate about it, it'll show to your audience. And they actually, you know, we saw a huge reception to our middle East audience and an international audience who flies Turkish. Mm. Um, and they were, they were stoked for me because they knew that journey of trying to get that, that brand relationship.
0: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know you're on a time crunch. Uh, just like a few more questions. Uh, you know, just let me know how much time, if you have to go right sure. now, sure. No, I'm good. All right. Um, so in terms of like uh you know you talk about like content creating is like a full-time job like 80 hours a week you know some people that you know do that for multiple years without making uh money um or monetizing off of it um maybe talk about like after college like how were you able to balance you know creating content versus you know did you have another occupation at the time to balance that off to to make up for the expenses of uh content creating
1: yeah so what i did was early on, I never, there was no monetization on YouTube. I think that came a couple years or that I, back then you even had to apply to get partner program. Like it was more, it was really prestigious to get. And so I didn't have that for a couple of years, but what I did do was I created these courses. Like my, my channel was all about teaching filmmaking. And I, I mean, I made hundreds of videos that were, I loved them. I love the quality of them. I love what I taught and I put it out there for free and I felt really good about it. And it was never this weird upsell was just hey if you ever if you want to one support me going through film school but also if you want like the 10 hour training version like i made another course over the past few months and i put i was actually shipping the dvds out of my office it was on and then we switched to digital downloads uh, by the time i was graduating but i was um yeah fulfilling these dvds out of my dorm room and that paid for um that was a great income that would pay for my school that paid for um, my living expenses after i graduated and that was actually the job the occupation i thought i was going to have for probably the next couple of years or mm-hmm. i was down to do that the rest of my life like i loved teaching
0: filmmaking
1: right. and it, there was an, a really strong audience and customer base for that that what i was te- teaching and so i loved that world
0: yeah and, and that was through on um, final cut pro right
1: like you gave I was, yeah final cut pro i was teaching motion uh, there's was, there's was a bunch of soft like there was dvd studio but there was a bunch of stuff that doesn't exist anymore but um yeah all that software i knew backwards and forwards
0: yeah i know that's awesome man uh just uh two more questions uh you know you've worked with a lot of different kinds of celebrities and influencers uh you know who, who's one influencer that i know it's tough to pick was there one that really stood out to you uh, over the past you know couple of years or over the course of your career
1: yeah there's a lot of, i mean there's so much talent on the internet you know there's there's a lot of influencers one of them that comes to mind that i've had a close relationship over a couple years is um aaron benitez who runs he, he started when i was doing final cut king work he started a channel called vfx bro and we would collaborate and one of the things we did really well was we just shared notes of what we were learning whether it was a new algorithm change a new way uh to do descriptions in YouTube um how to do uh email funnels to our audience at the time for the the, or shipment fulfillment centers like we we're both doing a similar thing in teaching so over the years um really respected what aaron's done and his channel now he's got a channel called aaron's animals that he's developed over the past couple years and it's really been able to grow i mean his videos get like 40 million views on youtube each time it's
0: it's just freaking crazy and with tiktok too it's just like everything's blowing up now i mean yeah, yeah all all your videos are like everywhere man like first first thing i open tiktok it's like your videos are everywhere man it's so funny i showed my uh friend like the the first video i saw of you was the harry potter broom oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i showed my friend and i was like yo check this out he was like, "Wait, what?" Like he had to watch it like three or four times, and he was. I like, love that video
1: because we show you how we did it. Right. But you're just still like, wait, what?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, literally, like he watched it, like five times, and he was so mad at me because, like, he, I don't know, it was hilarious. So, uh, that that was like the first video I think I I saw of yours, and that like immediately after that, I was like, all right, I got I got to check out the rest of these, man. This is yeah, awesome. right. <laughs> Maybe just talk about. How, uh, any, last question, any advice you have for people who are trying to uh, grow their personal brand?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest advice I have is make sure it's something you're truly passionate about. That's what's going to take you. Like you mentioned, um, you know other people grinding, doing the 80 hours a week plus to make their, their content uh, and also to run their channel and connect with their audience. Like, it's a if this if that's the path you're wanting to go in creating your brand whatever your brand is and whatever space it's on it's just going to take years and years and so you want to make sure it's it's worth it for you um i think a lot of people get nervous with that question because they think it eliminates what they're doing they're like oh well the thing i really want to do is too niche like there's not an audience for it and that's that's really been disproven so many times on the internet, especially like, I know so many individual case scenarios where friends are like, I'm gonna make this very specific podcast about this one board game. And, uh, and sometimes even if you just brighten it up a little bit, just to, you know, board games as a, a, a general, but then hone in later as your audience gets to know you, like that's another great way to do it if you're worried about niche. So I say, make sure you love the, what you're doing and then make sure it does have a, a targeted kind of niche. Um, so that it can get a little, uh, get some roots and take off.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Zach King, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, calling in our podcast. Zach uh, Zach Fu also, thank you for sending this up. Uh, Yes,
1: thank you, Zach Fu.
0: If you guys ever need anything, like I'll work for free, man. Like I'll do, I'll brand out Zach King Studios from out here and spread the word as much as I can. Huge fan of yours. Uh, I'll do whatever it takes, so. Appreciate you taking the time and huge supporter. So let me know if you guys ever knew appreciate it, Kevin. Yeah, All thank right. you so much. Yeah, no problem, no problem, man. Keep killing it. Thanks, you too. From the sweet life of Zach and Cody and the sweet life of um... Drake Bell here. It's your girl Camille Costeck. Shrew McGavin in the house. Shrew, nice again. Way Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is Cielo Green. Follow at Wild Chat Sports. 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 Peace, wild chat sports. Man, check it out. Love.